Define Jesus in seven words or less and go. Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my savior. Very good. Jesus is my friend. Very good. I would say uh, Jesus is the hope for all humanity. Oh, very good. Thank you. We'll unpack that more here on Sabbath School University. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. I'd like to take a moment to introduce the panel, and I'd like for each of you to share your name and what your favorite thing to do is on your downtime, a hobby. Hi, Michael. I'm Christy Gonzalez-Vasquez, and one of the things I love to do is to play tennis with my husband. Hi, Michael. I'm Rhea Diaz, and one of the things I like to do, or several of them, is uh, running, yoga, spin, and eating to counter the running and sure. yoga and spinning. Of course. Yeah. Hi, Michael. My name is David Flores. In my downtime, I like to try as much as possible to spend time with friends and family members trying to have an outing. Wonderful. I'd like to ask you, David, if you will read our scripture and provide us with prayer. Sure. Scripture is in Luke chapter 9, verse 20, and it says, He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said, The Christ of God. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day that you have blessed us with. We ask that your presence be here with us today. Let us dive in to this message and let us focus on what you want us to know. In your glorious and holy name we pray, amen. 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 So what we're talking about here is who is Jesus Christ, okay? And so we just, uh, we just read the, the, the key text and we have Peter answering that question and he says, the Christ of God. So the first question we wanna ask is, what are some of history's verdicts regarding the nature of Jesus? So what, what have we heard, what have people kind of summed up the, the nature of who Jesus is from history? Well, I've heard many things. Um, one of them that really sticks out to me is social reformer. Mm -hmm. um, but he's also been called the great teacher, uh, an ethicist, um, great prophet. So history has given him many names. Right. right. Anything else come to mind when you think about through history what attributes have been ascribed to the nature of who Jesus is? I think he's also been referred to as a great philosopher mm -hmm. uh, because he tries to, as Rhea said, kind of like an ethicist tried to teach us the ethics on how we should uh, live here in the earth. Yeah, and I think, I think based on whatever context you're, you're referencing from history, he's been described as a healer Mm -hmm. um, he's been described as a savior. So, so some of this kind of points us in a direction to who history has recognized the man Jesus Christ to be. And so that's kind of, that's kind of important as we unpack who is Jesus, as we unpack that, because we're thinking about characterizing this individual. So the next question we have is, um, Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? In what way is this question important to you and me? So we've heard what history has called him. 
how they've described his nature. But it seems that Jesus is concerned with wanting to know individually, who do you say that I am? So as you think about that, what have you kind of come to the understanding of who Jesus is? I think personally, um, for me, Jesus has become um, somebody I need to reflect. He's become somebody that I need to express the, the amount of compassion that he had towards other people, but also the amount of discipline that he gave so, so many people. He was able to walk up to a person that did a wrong, mm -hmm. but not necessarily discipline them in a very strong and, and forceful way, mm -hmm. but he did it in a way that was impactful enough for them to change. And I think the question is important for us to know because if we do not know how we can define Jesus in our lives, we are not able to give a proper testimony to others as Amen. to who he may be. That's right. So I think that's why it's, it's very important for us to know that. And it, oh. Oh, please, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that takes me to 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, where it says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's such a powerful message, that verse. Mm -hmm. um, when I think of, of who do you say that I am, I mean, Jesus was all of these things. You know, he loved us no matter uh, anything that we would do wrong. He loves us. But, you know, it makes me think, we need to be good examples for others to see, you know, the love of God through us. Mm -hmm. And, Absolutely. you know, God was so, he was selfless. He loved others. He set such a good example, you know, so that people, when they see us, they see Jesus in us and mm -hmm. in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to understand that we could sit in church or Sabbath school or in a setting like this mm -hmm. and, you know, know Jesus, but we also have to understand who he is. It's mm -hmm. like getting to know a friend, a good friend. We have to, instead of just knowing a good friend's favorite color, you want to know why, mm -hmm. um, or what their favorite food is, you want to know why. Mm -hmm. So that's really important to understand. Absolutely. And in the lesson, it kind of talks about the definition of Christ. Christ is the Messiah. Christ is the Savior. And for Peter to give that response was kind of a big statement because Jesus didn't walk around, you know, saying, I am, you know, the Savior, I am this, I am that. He kind of lived that. Mm -hmm. And then he waited for people to, he waited for those reactions to see what conclusions they were coming to. He was taking in the surrounding um, perceptions of who people saw him to be. And so he wanted to know, who do you say that I am? Based off of what you say you believe and you, and the reflection that you've seen in my ministry, who do you say that I am? So, in, in effect, this was a declaration. They were basically, you know, proclaiming Jesus as Christ. So when we say, who is Jesus to you, when all of what you've just said kind of builds a perception that when you go out into the world and you interact with people, you're declaring that Jesus is Christ. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Messiah. And that's, that's powerful. I like that he asks that, that question of us. The next question is, in scripture, Jesus is referred to as the son of man and son of God. What do these expressions mean? Now, this isn't an easy thing to explain. So just kind of go off of what it is that, that you understand. Son of man and son of God, what do these expressions mean? 
son of man is, it makes him more relatable to us mm. instead of just being son of God, figure Godhead. Um, it, he, he came down and he felt what we feel. He hurt the way we hurt. So that's what I think of when it comes to son, son of man. And, and guys, when you're thinking about this, these responses, pull from, pull from the questions that you may have asked yourself and then answered through maybe life experiences. When you're coming up with who the son of man is, who the son of God is, how does that relate to your experience? Include that kind of in, in what we're talking about here. I think fairly recently for, for me, it was just the emphasis of recognizing that Jesus literally stepped down from his throne in heaven in order for him to be with us in the earth. He was the son of God. He was at his side before he was born here in the world. And so we recognized he was the son of God. He, was, he forms part of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. And then he became son of man by physically being born into this world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just as, as Rhea said, he, we, we're able to relate in that sense that he transformed himself into a human being for us to recognize that he also faced temptations just as we do every day. But, you know, the son of God, he literally stepped down to, in order for him to teach us who we need to become. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts that are resonating as you think about the definition of the Son of Man versus the Son of God? Well, Son of Man, it just, imagine the four of us here, but if Jesus were right here with us, mm -hmm. you know, he actually walked the earth. Right. And I'm just, it, it's amazing to me because if he were right here, I mean, everything that we know, it's so easy to, you know, believe mm -hmm. for some, not for all, but mm -hmm. seeing is believing sometimes. So mm -hmm. they actually got to see Jesus. And to me, that's just so fascinating to me. Like, imagine if he were here with us. Like, honestly, I, I think I'd stand up a little. Yeah, stand up a little <laughs> taller. A little, stand up a little taller. You know, it, it just in reverence, though. And, and so many questions that I'd ask him, you know. And then it just, like Rhea said, I think that was just perfect. You know, we can relate. You know, he was a human being like us. But don't you love that we have a, differenti a differentiation between mm -hmm the descriptions of the son of God and the son of man. I, for me, it's comforting because, you know, when I think of the purpose that Jesus came to fulfill, mm -hmm. to, to be a, a, a living testimony, and, and for us to kind of emulate that characteristic, you know, it's kind of intimidating to think mm -hmm. that I have to emulate the character of the son of God. That's a big deal, mm -hmm. the son of God, mm -hmm. right? So. I love that it was considered our human condition. Mm -hmm. Our human condition was considered in how we were going to relate to who this God is. And, and God says, you know, he's gonna give his son as an example to us, the son of God, the son of man. We have now a relatable characteristic that we can now kind of come to terms with and start to kind of understand how to live that, that practice out. And I thought that was, um, that's an important, it's an important facet for how we move forward in our beliefs. Because without understanding, how can you, how can you believe? Growing up, you know, we, we learned about Greek and Roman mythology and right. we hear about all these gods and goddesses right. and how they look down from Mount Olympus right. and they weren't relatable at all. Right. And when you think about Christ now, mm -hmm. you could say, oh, okay, he was born in a manger. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and if I'm gonna be perfectly honest, isn't that a cool way to kind of see the celestial kind of interactions happening? You know, like, there's a God up there. He's actually up there. And when they say son of God, right. they, I think it talks about Jesus's relationship with God while he was here on earth, how right. closely he held God to him. Right. And that message transcends over time right. how we should hold on to God and mm -hmm. how we should depend on him on a daily basis. Right. That's, that's absolutely one of the most, I think, profound um, realizations we can come to. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, the, the whole time Jesus was living on the earth, he never had a moment that he wasn't in communion with his father. He right, was, that's a major point. You know, he was an incarnate son of man, but he stayed a faithful son of God the whole right. time. Right. Which I, I just find that amazing, too. I mean, he didn't commit not one sin, mm -hmm. not one. But and he was presented I, with every temptation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'm yeah. here like, okay, you know, talk about putting yourself in their shoes. You know, right. I don't, I, for us as humans. How does Christy interpret that? <laughs> with all the temptations that Jesus saw right. and had to, you know, face. Right. I, I'm thinking of like tables of cupcakes. Right. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, don't touch that. Everyone and has a different like, kind of temptation. Jesus <laughs> would say, I, you know, no, I'm, I'm good. I've had right. my sugar intake. Now, we, right. I'd be like, well, what's one more going to do? Right. right. Yeah. He was all in the temperance. Exactly. And, yeah. and I'm here like, well, I just had two. I mean, no, I just had three. <laughs> or I mean, a box. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, I think I, I, I also think God is, when we are growing up, we think of Christ as our friend. Jesus our, is our friend. Jesus mm -hmm. loves me, this I know. And for some reason, something happens between the age of 12 and 20, right. where all of a sudden he's this bigger than life figure, which he is, but you can't relate to him anymore right. for some reason. You go to church and some sermons I've listened to, he just seems like this, this person I can't relate to anymore. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's bogged down by the rules and what you should and so should not do. Am as a I Christian. hearing you say that sometimes we, we let other people tell us who Jesus is oh, and then the we time. stop searching, mm -hmm. all we the stop time. looking mm -hmm. and then that we kind of lose that relationship. Yeah, you I just accept think so. so. Yeah, because you know, you, you hear the, 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 the personal relationships that pastors or, or other members of the church have with Jesus. Right. And you just take that in, but you don't really reflect on your own relationship with Jesus. You don't really see like, how, how do I know him? What has he taught me? It's only what other people have taught me. Right. right. Have you ever different. had that, that moment where like you, you, you know your communication with, with God is on point? even if it's that one particular moment where you know, you've asked for guidance and it's like, boom, you found the, the answer. Or, or maybe you know what the answer was, but it wasn't what you were expecting, but you knew oh, that yeah. was still an answer. That aha moment is kind of exciting because you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. I feel like the son of God and the son of man have a role mm -hmm. that exists within our daily interaction. And we're responsible to develop that, that relationship to which that definition has been ascribed. Jesus right. is my homie. Right, he absolutely. Is. He is, and we should never And he's our homie that. when we're 12. What happens between 12 and 20? <laughs> I don't know. Right. We just stopped singing the songs. Right. Maybe we should just start adapting. <laughs> right. But I, I... Should we sing? Huh? No. 
<laughs> Harmonica, please. <laughs> Cue lyrics. <laughs> but I, I think as adults now, knowing what I know, we should apply what we've learned here, right. what we've learned in our personal devotions, what we've learned in church, and we should ask Jesus for guidance to who he wants us to see him as. Right. Um, instead of just listening and having people tell us. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, we're moving on th to our next question, and the question is, what do we learn from the transfiguration? Such now, a big Now, word. transfiguration, really? When we <laughs> look that up, if you're not sure, and you know, I wasn't really sure. I kind of tried Check. to read through. <laughs> I tried to read through the lesson and kind of see where the the scriptural texts were taking us to. Mm -hmm. But what what do we learn from what they've described? What the Bible has described as the transfiguration? I think so you jump in on any time. <laughs> I think the um, the the event that occurred when uh, the the disciples saw that Jesus was there with Moses and with Elijah, mm -hmm. um, it was very interesting to, to kind of interpret that when Jesus was praying, he was seeking consolation. Like he wasn't, right. you know, he wasn't just calling upon them on his own. Like he, he did not call upon them. God sent them to him right. to, to console him and say, it's okay. Right. So it, it kind of goes, goes back to what we were just talking about, you know, how he relates to us in, in, in the Son of Man sense that he did feel times just like Moses, downtrodden. He felt like Elijah when we, he felt sad. He mm -hmm. felt emotion, and he needed that reassurance that he wasn't alone. I thought that was very interesting. Let, let, me, let me bring this to, some, to a personal kind of experience or what you think your reaction would be. Based on the depiction, okay, mm -hmm. Jesus is there with a few of the disciples, a cloud of smoke. Okay, cool. and it's Moses and Elisha, and you know, there, a voice comes out and like, listen to him. Mm -hmm. What do you do? I uh, shake a little, right? <laughs> Maybe take out my iPhone. You're like, <laughs> him for to a do selfie? it again <laughs> to make sure that I just saw what I saw. I right. like, play it back. And that's definitely going <laughs> to be a viral play. video. <laughs> yeah, but can you just imagine the experiences that they had to validate? who Jesus was, like you hear this voice from a cloud of smoke and they're like, that's the guy, listen to him, mm -hmm. go forth and do. That is, that's amazing actually. Mm -hmm. And you know, we have those moments still. Maybe not the cloud of smoke, maybe not the whole theatrics of it all, but we do have those moments and sometimes we miss them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we miss them because we're not sure how to identify them, we're not sure how to um, get in tune with what it is we need to be in tune with so that we can be listening properly. But the, the question becomes, how do you get ready kind of for that interaction? How do you get ready to, to be introduced to who the Christ is? I don't think you can ever be ready yeah. to, to be introduced to Christ because nobody was ready when Jesus called upon them. But can uh, you be willing? You can definitely be willing, yeah. uh, it, it, because he he chooses the the, the people that are willing. Um, over the course of all of the history in the Bible, everybody was surprised. Everybody was was not you know 
reading their Bible for a week ahead of time or, you know, trying to, to know the teachings that every other uh, character in the past, like Moses and Noah, they, they were not reading upon those things before Jesus came across them. So right. it, I don't think there's ever a moment we can ever be ready. We can just be willing to follow him. Yeah. And something that really stuck out to me during this lesson was that they said that the transfiguration occurred in the book of Matthew, the book of Luke, and the book of Mark. And in, only in Luke was he mentioned mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that. Only in Luke, yeah. Only in Luke did, he, did they mention him going up to pray. Right. And he just, in layman's terms, he just wanted to make sure that he was doing what God really wanted him to do. And that really stuck out to me. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that stuck out to you particularly about that as well? Well, it was, with what Rio was saying, it's almost like he was making sure, like, okay, am I doing everything right? Like, yeah. God, tell me. Like, am I doing it right? It's like a check on himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how many times don't we do that about us? Like, am I doing this right? Mm -hmm. You know, am I saying the right things? Am I doing the right thing? And it's just like, you know, sometimes you need a little bit more, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not support, but... Assurance. Assurance. Affirmation. Confirmation. Yeah, like, I mean, Confirmation. You know, like we're friends and it's like, I've got your back. <laughs> right, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That type of, of uh, affirmation. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, so given all that Jesus said about himself, why is the idea that Jesus was merely a great man logically flawed? So all that we know about who Jesus is, what he said or who he said he was, when, when people present the argument that Jesus was just a great man, how was that logically flawed in, in your own interpretations? And like, let's, let's just be honest. Some guy, you know, comes up to you in the street and they're like, oh, Jesus, he was just a good, he was a cool guy. He was a prophet, I guess. He just rose from the dead. Yeah. You know. <laughs> the, Did yeah. Some miracles. <laughs> That's kind of what we're talking about. like, a yeah. low-key day. <laughs> I mean, like, this guy has a withered hand and he kind of just blessed it and it was fixed. That's mm -hmm. not just a nice guy, right? Right. Right. Right? Yeah, I mean, he, he performed so many, so many different miracles for you to just say, oh, he would... He was a good guy. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, put, guy. it's putting it like putting him on the same pedestal as like, you know, your favorite president or, yeah. or, or your favorite uh, actor who could be a, a, a good humanitarian. Like, oh, they're, they're just good people. Yeah. Like someone who collects funds to give to an orphanage. That's a good guy. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah. Someone who goes and, you know, feeds the homeless at a local soup kitchen. That's a good guy. But when we're talking about Jesus Christ, how is it logically flawed to kind of just sum him up as, you know, having been a, a, a great man, just, you know, a great man? Well, the, when you think of Christ, mm -hmm. he, he came here with a big job. Right. I mean, he came here to save all of humanity. Right. Tell me that Matt Damon can do that. Right. And he'd be like, yeah, cool. So I kind of know that I'm going to be crucified. Right. And, and you some know, people might think Matt Damon is a great guy. Good looking as well. Some people don't know who Matt Damon is. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. He's an actor. Yeah. Um, but the job this man had was so big. It's not, you can't just and call that. And he had the game plan too. He had the game like plan. Like he knew exactly what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And he still came for us. And, and, that and to be a nice it's, guy. Absolutely. It's the, and it's also the love and commitment he has to make sure that we spend eternity with him. Mm -hmm. That's That was his mission, and no just plain good guy could say that or Some, do that. Sometimes right? I kind of picture, like, the leadership of that time, you know, kind of huddling together and be like, oh, I think 
we're gonna have to handle this situation. This gentleman just healed a woman who was ailing for the last 18 years. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Well, you know, let's just make sure they know he was a great man Mm -hmm. and and they can't really know much more else about him. We'll write what it was, off at that. What was the game plan? Did they think that that was going to kind of sum up who Jesus was in history and for all eternity? No, I don't think so. So I think logically speaking, based off of what actually happened, what people saw with their own eyes, you can't you can't dumb down the experience of or the the effect that Jesus had on this earth while he was here. And that, that is definitely affirmation. That is definitely reassuring that we have that point of reference to at least solidify why we are on this quest, why we even want to be like him. Our last question is, what has your own personal knowledge of Jesus taught you about him and what he is like? What I've learned is that Christ just doesn't want us to get to know him from Sunday, sundown Friday to sundown Sabbath. He wants us to get to know him every day and make it a progression. And for us to get to know him, that also requires discipleship and commitment to living a, a Christ-like life right. as much as we can. Absolutely. And sometimes I'm like, you know, we have so much time to do other things, like maybe watch our favorite TV show, maybe, you know, do whatever, go out to the mall, do whatever it is, the hobbies that we like to do. Um, and it's like just to dedicate the time that we need to, to be in the Word of God is just so important. And I find like we don't have any excuse to provide that time. And I'm talking about myself personally. Like there's some days, I mean, I... You know, I get into the car and I always pray the same prayer when I'm in the car. It's since I was younger, it's just the same prayer and it's been, you know, stuck with me for X amount of years. It's worked <laughs> just fine. And it's, it's, it's working, working. against me from A right. to B. Thank God. Um, but, you know, it, it, I just sit here and I'm thinking, am I doing everything I can do? Mm -hmm. No, I'm not. You know, I can actually dive into the word more. Mm -hmm. I can actually study more. I can actually witness to other people more. And that to me, I'm just like, I, I just, I need to step it up. Right. Personally. And I think once we've come to that realization, I think we're on the right track. It's when we lose the concept or the idea that we must continually search, right? Well, thank you guys so much for sharing with us and discussing on the topic who Jesus Christ is. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Michael Martell.